Doug, you know how I'm always uh, saying that I'm going to live forever, right? That, that's my, yep. one of my live goals. Live to be for eternity, yeah. Yeah, and because my my logic recently has been that if you can make it to, uh, you know, 80 or 90, by that point, surely they will have they will have the technology that will get us to, to 200 or 300. And then if you can get there, then, I mean, within just a few years after you're, you know, you're 100 or 150, they're going to have us getting to be 1,000. And then, then, then you don't have to worry about death anymore. <laughs> so... With that in mind, I mean, do you think it's fair for me to say that that the that the supplement that I invented helps you live for eternity? <laughs> Is that, would the FDA you think approve that statement? I mean, I, we probably shouldn't make that claim. <laughs> Maybe we won't make that claim. But the point is, you got to get far enough to uh, you want to be healthy for the long term, so that you have that chance, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so that is that's one of the reasons why. I invented and co-founded a company that makes uh, this this product called Complement. So, a plant-based diet is a wonderful. No, no, at least you won't find any uh, arguments against that from me. Uh, however, I think if we are smart and honest and looking at the evidence, then there are things that are missing from that diet uh, on its own that don't, you know, make it as good as it could be for living as long as you can and staying healthy. Uh, the ones that most people know about are B12, vitamin D, and DHA and EPA. Uh, which, by the way, are two omega-3 fatty acids. And besides that, there are a few little minerals and things like that. Uh, iodine, zinc, selenium, vitamin K2, uh, those come to mind. As things that vegans probably should be supplementing with, I don't want to say that all should, but people like me who think about this stuff a lot um, often do the research and land on, you know, come to the conclusion that we should be supplementing with those things. So that is um, what, you know, where Complement Plus came from. Uh, it's a, an, a vegan capsule that includes all of those things and doesn't include anything else because, Doug, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of taking multivitamins. We get all this good stuff from our food. Uh, so why would we want to be getting, you know, more vitamin C in our diet than nature really intended for us? So it's those things without all the stuff that you don't need, uh, all in one pill, convenient. And what's great about it is that you can get all that protection for just around a dollar a day. You can get all the details and decide if Compliment Plus is right for you at nomidathlete.com slash smarter. That's nomidathlete.com slash smarter. This episode of Nomid Athlete Radio is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptiv produces audio-based workouts created by certified personal trainers available through a mobile app. New members get 30% off an annual membership. Visit aptiv.com slash nomeat. That's A-A-P-T-I-V dot com slash nomeat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the first official episode of No Me Athlete Radio Season 3. As you know, maybe, we did one uh, last week, which was supposed to be the first official episode of Season 3. It, I, I think of that as like our Episode 0 uh, kind of introductory thing, Doug, because we, we went off the rails and never got to the content we were going to talk about. So we ended up, <laughs> That's right. we ended up just talking about nothing the whole time. And yeah. uh, it turned out people like that. I think I think we need more of that that sort of energy with, with this podcast. So I'm... I'm Glad with how that all turned yeah, out. Yeah, we ended up. I ended up hearing from multiple people on Twitter with different kind of little, I don't know, nuggets on of info of some things we were talking about, and uh, it was just kind of fun to fun to get the reaction that we got from that. Um, and so I'm glad people like to just hear us ramble. But you know, I, I think we should also, uh, you know, <laughs> stay on topic sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I think so too. It's probably a good idea. Anyway, uh, you went camping. How'd that go? Oh, it went so beautifully, Matt. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
like so wonderfully. I, 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 I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was like super nervous going into it. Um, about what? The feeding, feeding the guests. No, no, about Eliza. About yeah, she just she's not a good sleeper. Period. And every time we go on a trip somewhere, it just kind of throws everything off. And I was just worried about it, and worried about it stressing out Katie, and just that we just wouldn't be able to be comfortable and have fun. Uh, And she did, she did great. She yeah, uh, yeah, she like didn't want to go down, um, but we just kind of let her play around until she wore herself out. Um, and just crashed and then slept all night and, and did fantastic. I mean, like she, like she is the happiest when she's outside without a doubt. She's way happier outside than inside. So she and was a happy camper. She was, <laughs> she was a happy camper. We just ran around and played in the Creek and went to a waterfall and it, just, it worked, all worked out really well. And the food, um, the food with our guests who are meat eaters, uh, also worked out pretty well, <laughs> I think. They didn't seem to mind our our veggie medley. <laughs> did you uh, did you come up with a protein source or just just feed them no protein? We ended up su- switching a little bit to zero protein. It was zero, <laughs> zero. It's, it's a protein free meal. <laughs> um, now we ended up doing burritos that had uh, black beans and tempeh in them. Ah, oh, okay. Yep. Good. And we brought we brought uh, like a hot dog um, as a backup in case somebody wanted a veggie hot dog and nobody wanted one. Okay. Shockingly, nobody wanted one. <laughs> Shockingly, <laughs> nobody wanted a soy hot dog. <laughs> but uh, I found I mean, out I found out uh, from some listeners that um, it turns out that Pillsbury Original Biscuits in a can actually are vegan. Oh, they're vegan, vegan as is. Yeah. I love those foods. That means that means they got to be healthy if they're. Yeah. <laughs> I have not confirmed that. I will. I must admit, but uh, ah. but I, 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 you know, I trust anyone who tweets at us. Yeah, as you should. <laughs> yeah. Good. Any any bear sightings on the camping trip? No, no, no big wild animals or anything like that. I have seen two bears since our last recording. This they're, week they're, in the past the week. Yep, one at swimming lesson or swim team practice, climbing the tree again, climbing the tree. At swim team practice. At my son's swim team practice. Yes. And then another one uh, at a birthday party. Just walking down the street at the party. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Know, You're seeing way more than I I've am seen, this year. I've seen like six in, in, I don't know, three weeks. Wow. They're all over. So are you are you still as frightened by them as you were when you first moved here? <laughs> Was I frightened of them? I don't remember that. I, re- I remember you went on like a run and you saw a bear and you're like, nope, never going on a run again. Yeah, you know what that was? It was that I didn't even... I didn't even know that you saw bears here on runs. So it wasn't like I knew people sometimes encountered bears and I then had my own encounter. It was that I just looked up and saw a bear. I was like, what? You know, I didn't <laughs> even know that happened. So that's what that's what scared me. And and then I have learned uh, to distinguish between black bears and grizzly bears. <laughs> Which is pretty easy since there are no grizzly bears here. Yeah. Uh, if that... you see a grizzly bear here, then you, you're in real trouble. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh that has helped that has helped me as well to realize that these bears really don't want anything to do with people i, I don't think grizzlies do either but uh you know less whole, aggressive yeah more scared of us than we are of them sort of thing mm-hmm. so they, they just want your leftover protein and right uh, exactly yeah so anyway um that's good i do i i am a little bit worried about going on runs yeah as i said i've been running recently which has been good but 
every time I drive or run down the big hill that we live on, where I, I know the bear crosses every single day, the neighbors say there's just one spot where those bears come across every day. Uh, I'm always just a little bit, a little bit antsy there. You but. should do my trick, which is to uh, start singing. Oh yeah, that's right. You know what I do? I kind of scuff my feet along the road. Mm-hmm. That's good. Which might make me seem like I'm wounded or something, and then vulnerable to it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, easy, easy prey. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I should, I should do that trick. I've heard that's sort of a touristy kind of a kind of a hack move though to to do that thing or have the bear bells and all that. Yeah, bear bells, bear bells uh, just seem so incredibly annoying. I mean, yeah, it probably is a touristy, over the top type thing, but mm-hmm. you know, if it makes you feel better, and it does, because you like everybody likes to sing. Yeah, exactly right. It's just a joyous, you know, celebration. Right. I'm actually, you know, it's more like I just wanted to serenade the bears. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So let's uh, let's get to actual podcast content this week, Doug. Instead of instead of rambling. Oh, one more thing. <laughs> By the way. Uh, <laughs> so this, unrelated to our last episode, when we we're talking about America's funniest videos and your viral video, oh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. my kids started on just they didn't know about that we talked about it they somehow on youtube were watching like epic fails or whatever it was i don't know it was a try not to laugh challenge something which i thought sounded nice enough little branded videos made by a company not just like a random person's thing and i heard them laughing and i went and watched a few of them and it was like terribly violent accidents happening to people i eventually i made them stop i said you're gonna get desensitized to human pain oh the way like uh you know, factory farm workers eventually start to lose all compassion because they're they just start to see this all the time. And mm-hmm. they just, I was, I mean, it was it was people like a kid. Uh, they would those you know those basketball hoops that have the wheels on the bottom and that big heavy base thing. Yeah, plastic mm-hmm. thing. They would they would have the thing slanted down. A kid would grab onto the rim and then they would tilt it back up. And they were just videoing that. But it was this little kid who was probably you know three feet tall and did it. And then the, when the when the thing got upright. It, he swung forward and his hand slipped off the rim and he just landed from 10 feet high on his back on the on the concrete. Oh. Some girl on like a f- climbed up a fire pole sort of thing and turned upside down on it being funny and lost her grip and slammed her head into the ground just, you know, from six feet up. It was like awful, awful thing. So after that, we... Wait, they were doing that on purpose? Like it, no, it was no, fabricated? Just, no, they were epic fails. They just, oh. they just... I mean, I guess they were trying to video the basketball thing thinking that'd right. be funny, but not make them fall. Anyway... It was awful. They, it was just, I couldn't believe that. I just, I can't imagine how many kids watch that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I just made me, made me sorry for the, for the world, really. So anyway, we, we Googled America's Funniest Videos and found that, that uh, goofy host, whatever his name is, saying mm-hmm. his dumb little captions on the videos. And that was much better for the kids. <laughs> Those are like cats jumping into curtains. Exactly. And cats like fighting that. roosters with little batting paws at them and all, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> And just the classic guy falls over a fence and his pants catch on the top of the fence and, and they end up at his ankles, but he's upside down. Just, just, <laughs> yeah. the, best, the best America's funniest video there is. Okay. Um, that, well, that's kind of depressing. It was. I just feel like there's so many kids now are, gonna, are just going to grow up watching that stuff and think nothing of it. Maybe, yeah. maybe it won't do any harm, but I don't know. I don't want my kids watching that. No. Good for you for stopping it. <laughs> that's right. I stepped in. Stepped in. All right. So, what we're talking about today, Doug, is uh, food. Is related to our topic. Yep, it is. It is actual vegan fitness nutrition <laughs> content. Uh, and what we wanted to do is an episode that is about the things that we eat on a typical day, not because we are 
you know, total experts and the way that we eat is the way everyone should eat. I think more that more than that, it is just kind of to demonstrate um, to those who are new to this or are bored with the way they do it, uh, just, you know, what our routines are so that you can see there's not a ton of planning that goes into it. It's not a lot of stress or, you know, anything like that. And we both feel like we're doing a pretty good job getting what we need. And, uh, you know, I think I think people will, will get a sense for uh, just how much care goes into it. And I don't mean just how much because so much care. I'm just saying get a sense for the amount of care that goes into it, uh, not over the top, but not totally neglecting either. So that's what I want to okay. do. Um, we both are pretty active. You more active than I recently, for sure, uh, as having just run a 100-miler, what, a month ago, two months ago? Yeah. And, uh, you know, pretty consistently doing that. Me not being as active recently, but I have, as I said, got back into running, gotten back into, or not back into, gotten into playing soccer, and, uh, you know, so fairly active. Uh, you're, you know, we're certainly vegan athletes, you more than me, but uh, we are that. So <laughs> that's the preface. You are the nummy athlete. I am so. the nummy athlete, that's true, but uh, recently have not been very athletic, but getting back into it, headed back that direction. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good. So where do we begin? Well, I think we should begin with with waking up. Breakfast. Okay. When you wake up. Here's a question. Do you do any of the intermittent fasting thing, Doug? Are you into this trend? No, you know, we talked about it a while ago. We have. Uh, and I gave it a little bit of go. I'd say I give it a very, <laughs> very uh, uh, limited go of about <laughs> of about 10 days. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and then didn't really like it, so... Um, that was when I was trying to lose that extra 10 pounds. Remember that episode? I do remember that. Yep. Um, and I don't think I ever lost that 10 pounds. <laughs> no, still got it. Uh, not, not through fasting anyway, but, um, no, I'm not, I'm not super into it. Are, are you, is that something you're into? I, I am definitely into it in theory. I think it is, it seems to me like a pretty good idea. I don't know if it's going to stay popular forever, but it's, it strikes me as one of these sort of fads that uh, there actually is something to it, and it has a lot of good benefits, not just short-term weight loss benefits, uh, but but even longevity benefits because of the way it lets your body really kind of get in, maybe reset isn't the right word, but but have enough time that it can actually get to doing the processes to repair itself and do things that if you're just constantly putting food in, uh, it doesn't ever get a chance to do because it's always working on digesting that food. Mm-hmm. So, are you uh, a are you more in uh, more interested in the intermittent fasting where you actually take days off? Or um... I the only intermittent fasting I really know, and I, I am by no means an expert. I don't know that much about it. The only intermittent fasting I really know is the thing where you try to minimize your the hours during which you yeah. So you you get this eight or six hour window, or whatever people do. Um, you know, I, I do think there's probably benefits to taking days off of eating. I don't want to suggest people do that here because it's something that typically is better done under under supervision of people who, who actually know what they're doing. Um, but I, I do think it's probably a good thing if, if every now and then you go a day without food because I think it's I think it's really kind of how our bodies are designed to operate. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, the reason I don't do it because I I just lose too much weight. Like for me, I try to keep weight on. That That's my... Uh, fight that I fight each day and uh, the it's easier for me rather than trying to stuff myself at meals it's easier for me to just eat more meals and and that means eating you know fairly soon after I get up um, now that's that's why I don't haven't like committed to doing that um, in practice I actually don't end up eating that early anyway I just 
I just get up. I have a cup of coffee, and that would violate any sort of intermittent fasting protocol, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, some people say it doesn't. So, like the bulletproof crowd, some of them think that their bulletproof coffee, which has actual calories and butter in it, uh, is still part of intermittent fasting, but I don't think it is at all. I don't even <laughs> think regular coffee with nothing in it uh, is truly part of intermittent fasting because it, it uh, gets your gets your body started doing a bunch of stuff. So mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So anyway, what, time, what time are you waking up in the morning? I wake up around 7 each day. And just, what time just, do you have your first cup of coffee? Mm, Seven thirty, eight, maybe. Oh, so pretty, pretty quick. Fairly soon. Well, an hour. That's not. I guess that's not that early. Yeah, it's just kind of when I get around. I don't. I don't feel some huge need. Every now and then, I'll forget to have it or something, and just won't have it for the day. But most days, I have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that, and then I'm still a big fan of the smoothie. I love the morning smoothie. Um, if I'm in sort of a weight gain mode where I'm really focused on trying to go to the gym and put on weight, then I will maybe add an extra like bowl of uh, vegan grape nuts. Not vegan grape nuts, but uh, whatever it's called i always forget the name the, the brand that makes the ezekiel bread it's like mm-hmm. food for life or something um they make a a cereal that is like grape nuts um but is is vegan and actually someone recently told me that grape nuts are vegan nowadays they used to not be because of the vitamin d that they that they got from lanolin and they they fortified it with that so anyway um but these days most days when i'm just eating just for for health not trying to put on weight or anything I like the smoothie a lot as as a typical morning thing. Not so much that I think like smoothies are nutrition powerhouses or anything like that, or that it's better to blend your food up, or that it, it's good to be able to eat those extra calories that way as compared to what you could get if you just ate the fruit and nuts and things whole. Um, but I just I like it. I just it tastes good. It keeps me kind of on track. It's it's more enjoyable for sure to me than you know eating apples and bananas and berries in their in their unblended state yeah and, and yeah. nuts and, and fl- i'm not gonna get flax seeds very easily in my breakfast um unless i have them in a smoothie and those along with walnuts are some foods that i try to get almost every day um so smoothie just a really good way to get the nutritious foods whatever you are focusing on at that time if if that changes like it does for me sometimes um smoothie usually is is pretty good at at helping you get those things right you just you throw them in there and and eat it yeah. um so that works pretty well it also what, uh, is there a base for your smoothie that you, you like stick to every day or is it just kind of whatever you I have? would say the the most consistent thing for me is a tablespoon or two of walnuts and flax seeds I don't measure it I just put them in uh usually throw a brazil nut in there because brazil nuts have selenium and selenium is one food that is not all that easy to get on a plant-based diet uh so I throw a brazil nut in and bananas are typically the the foundation of it and then i'll try to add some sort of berries in there i don't do a whole lot of like greens and things like that in smoothies i just i don't know i like to eat a big salad for lunch but i don't i don't typically try to i just don't want to ruin my smoothie with a bunch of greens in it basically <laughs> what about uh what kind of liquid do you use just water just good old water. water yeah good old agua yeah so that's that's it's kind of boring um but that's what i do most mornings recently i've been on this kick where where i'm doing the what I kind of learned at the Woodstock Food Festival years ago, uh, which was the, the smoothie full of bananas, where you basically just put bananas in a blender and blend them up, and you put six or seven in, and you can actually eat them in that way over the course of an hour or so, uh, just drinking this giant smoothie. It's With kinda, nuts it's, or just straight up bananas? It tastes way better if you put nuts in it. The The real fruitarian kind of 80-10-10 <clears throat> philosophy would say you should not probably put nuts in there. They're not a big fan of what they call overt fats, where foods that are primarily fat as their calories Mm-hmm. Um, so you wouldn't have many of those. I mean, you could have a few, but, um, so I do that. I like that now that when I get on little fruitarian sort of kicks, like I am right now, um, 
I don't know. I like that. But I, I hate to be missing out on berries. Berries are another one of those foods that I try to get every single day. They're just really, really good uh, for a lot of reasons, particularly uh, lots of antioxidants and highly anti-inflammatory. And I just don't tend to eat berries throughout the day. They're expensive to eat fresh. And I just don't snack on berries very often. So if I can throw frozen berries into a smoothie, that uh, that's probably the only time I'm going to get them in the daytime. So I, I will, you know, now and then do the banana smoothie cake, but I will typically try to get some berries in there. So that's my breakfast. How about you, Doug? Yeah, mine uh, is not all that different, although it in form it is quite different. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, it's probably an hour and a half from waking up to before I eat it or drink anything other than water. Mm-hmm. Um, water, obviously, right away, but uh, it's probably an, at least an hour and a half before I actually fix breakfast because I wait till the whole house is awake and I yeah. can spend a few minutes with. Uh, with the with kiddo, yeah. um, <laughs> with what's her name? Yep. <laughs> uh, I never know whether to say her name or not on the podcast. It feels weird doing that, but everybody knows it. So yeah, you know, I used to worry about that, and then a couple times I said it, or someone said it, and I was like, if someone really wants to come be a stalker or kidnap my child from their school, then you know they can. They're gonna find a couple mentions of the kid's name, so why not just say it all the time now? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... I think I even said it earlier in the podcast here. <laughs> yeah, we said it yeah. a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's probably a solid hour and a half before I have anything. And, and my typical breakfast is a cup of coffee, a cup of black coffee, um, and oatmeal, which I got really on an oatmeal kick this past winter. And now that it's getting warmer, I've been doing um, overnight oats. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done overnight oats? No, I don't like oatmeal. I just can't can't do you it. Don't like but oatmeal, I, I know so. overnight oats is a is a very good healthy thing. Yeah. So you know. So basically, what I'm doing is with the overnight oats is putting uh, oats. And you you just take oats, raw oats, add milk, and then flax. I do flax, chia. What kind of milk are you put in there, Doug? Almond milk. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, should clarify that. Yeah, <laughs> almond milk. Um, which flax, chia. Which I which uh, I think we probably had talked about this too. For a while, I had switched to soy milk because of the droughts and ca- droughts in California and mm, the amount of water yep, that almonds that. took. Yep. Um, but that seems to have passed, so I've gone back to back to almond milk because I do I like it quite a bit better. But it's uh, unsweetened, unflavored, original. Mm-hmm. Um, so almond milk, flax, chia. I do a little bit of cinnamon. Um, and uh, just a just a teeny tiny little drop of vanilla, maybe, um, just for some flavor, and then uh, banana and blueberries, frozen blueberries, uh-huh. and then I just stir all that up, mash the banana, stir all that up, put it in the fridge overnight, and then the next morning you have like a really, you know, smooth porridge type thing. It's uh-huh. really refreshing, really good. So now throw. Generally, some more berries on top, uh, some nuts like walnuts. I usually do walnuts and maybe some pumpkin seeds. Mm-hmm. And then um, from time to time, I'll add a scoop of like a nut butter in there. But uh, which I love putting nut butter in hot oatmeal because it like melts and kind of gets all gooey. Doesn't really work <laughs> in cold oatmeal overnight oats. Uh, so it, yeah, I don't know. I've kind of quit doing that. But I used to do a, a scoop of almond butter in in hot oatmeal pretty right. regularly. Gotcha. So that is, uh, that is, I think oats or oatmeal is sort of 
analog to the smoothie in my opinion. right it's kind I of agree. it's kind of the smoothie for people who don't like, who don't like smoothies um mm-hmm. which comes up so this the the framework that i'm kind of describing which, by the I, way i like smoothies i just i'm yeah. on an oatmeal cake yeah, right now sure nothing wrong with that uh <laughs> but it is for me it is a, a convenient backup thing to suggest to you because i i the talk that i have been giving for the past year or so um is about the seven foods that i try to eat every day and the three meals the kind of framework which is it kind of came out of this trying to get these foods every day uh, i realized it's a pretty nice convenient framework of meals and that's what i'll that's what i'll be describing today of course the way i eat or try to um but anyway everyone there's always someone who says i don't do smoothies because i don't believe in in eating blended foods and that's mm-hmm. fine I, just, I don't i don't think that's really as important as a lot of people think it is for weight loss it's probably a good idea because you'll get more calories eating the smoothie when it's all blended up you can just the density of the calories increases um because it's fit you know it, it can go in your stomach you can fill up eat lots more calories in a smoothie than you can of whole food basically sure so anyway um it's always good to just say well if you don't like that then you can do pretty much the same thing with oatmeal and now you're also getting a serving of of whole grains and the oats and that's great so yeah right i mean i think that uh you know the big difference of course is that you're you might be getting like two bananas and a whole bunch of more fruit and stuff like that than, than what i'm getting but um yeah that would be the difference you're right you know but i'm getting um oats. doug you mentioned cinnamon and I, cinnamon is a is can be a very good food it has a very high in antioxidants mm-hmm. um do you pay attention to what type of cinnamon you get because i know there are like four of them and one of them is very high or only one only one of them is not high in the whatever the the toxic thing is that's in there do you know about that i don't know anything about that actually this is uh, that it, tell, it, tell me about it's it. It's worth Googling. And see, the problem is you'll need to then get your cinnamon from, a, from you know, order it from whoever. Who's that? What's that company that used to be our sponsor? A whole, uh, I forget. Thrive Market? Yes, Thrive Market. Um, anyway, just look it up. I think it, I, I Googled it quickly and it says Ceylon cinnamon. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. C-E-Y-L-O-N. That's the good one that has low levels of this, this coumarin stuff, which is the, which is the problem stuff. Um, and I always like I don't think that sort of issue is one to worry about when if you eat cinnamon in kind of a normal fashion. But if it's like a, if if you're doing something every day, especially mm-hmm. if you kind of designed it, you know, intelligently to be pretty healthy thing that you're going to do each day, that's when I think it's worth actually trying to make sure that everything is exactly as it should be. So look into that. Worth worth thinking about. The one I so I I we use pins pinsies spices. Okay, pinsies. I've heard of that. Um. It looks like it's a hand mix from China, Vietnamese, and Ceylon. Uh oh, I should look this up. No, Ceylon's good. Oh, Ceylon's good. Ceylon's good, but the other ones that are mixed in there may not be as good. The other ones may not be as good. Just look yeah. it up. Look it up. Spend spend a little time. Figure it out. Yeah, maybe I should ditch it. <laughs> no, don't just, ditch it. Just get the right kind. It's good for you. I tend to when I when I uh, when I worry about something like that. <laughs> I tend to just take the easy way out. (laughs) No, you don't want to do that. It offers a lot of good benefits. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's breakfast. Um, You do any sort of snack sort of things, Doug, mid-morning? Well, I should say, you know, I I do supplement at breakfast as well. That's when I do my daily supplements. Okay. Which uh, is compliment. Shout out to to, uh, our partner company, Light Drop, or (laughs) Alpine Organics. Yes. yeah, I, that's where I do my. That's when I do my supplements with when I eat my breakfast. Good for those who don't know, complement is B12, D3, and DHA and EPA 
um, which are kind of the three nutrients that are, are, I would say, most universally agreed upon that we need as vegans that we, that, you know, aren't that easy to get in our food or impossible to get really. Um, so that, that's what that is. But there are some others to consider as well, but compliments a nice, a nice, easy way to get it. Yeah. Um, so snacking. Snack. Uh, yeah. I don't actually snack much in the morning. I'm an afternoon snacker for sure, but not really a morning snacker. So mm-hmm. between breakfast and lunch, uh, aside from possibly a second cup of coffee, I'm not really taking anything else. And water, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much how I am as well. Um, I used to do, just when I was more into serious training, I'd be trying to maximize the calories and just eat throughout the day. Uh, but if I'm if I'm not, and I'm thinking just more eating for long-term good general health, then I will not eat a snack usually in the morning. Um, honestly, I'm just not hungry for it. Not, not that I, you know, deprive myself, just don't really want it. Um, so then lunchtime, Doug. My second, my second meal of the day, this is not, I wouldn't say, an everyday thing by any means. And it's, it's kind of my ideal that I try to do, um, but very often I don't do it. But the, the ideal for me is start the day with a smoothie, and then second meal of the day, uh, eat a giant salad mm-hmm. with half can, maybe three-quarters can of uh, beans on it. Or cook your own beans and you know use a cup of beans or so, uh, three-quarters cup maybe. Uh, usually I do chickpeas. They're just, they just tend to be my favorite kind of salad bean. Uh, and then a nice nut-based dressing on top of that. Uh, there's a cashew ranch dressing that's in the No Meat Athlete Cookbook that I actually got that recipe from Sid Garza Hillman, our friend. Yep. Um, so that I do that one fairly often or kind of a tahini sort of thing. Every now and then I'll, I'll do sort of a little bit of oil and vinegar thing, but that's usually the exception. Um, and I just I just try to load that salad up with as much good stuff as I can. If I make it over the top, I, I keep them kind of simple, um, which sounds like a contradiction of loading up with as much stuff as I can, but <laughs> yeah. it's not. What, what I'm, what I mean there is, of of the green lettuce, like the base of the salad is the leafy greens, and with that, I usually try to do one part, uh, like romaine, something sort of mild, easy, fairly cheap, uh, and then one part something more bitter, more exotic sort of thing, like uh, dandelion greens or whatever, whatever I have. Kale works fine, and sometimes it's a little bit tough, but. Uh, you know, things like that, uh, arugula. If you can get uh, a cruciferous vegetable, that's even better, uh, like arugula or kale. Um, you know, even something like spinach, which is not cruciferous, but uh, that's that's more dense, darker green. So I usually try to do that and then just put something on top, some shredded purple cabbage. Uh, carrots I'm not a huge fan of just because they're, they're too crunchy for me. So if I'm going to have carrots, I will shred them to make them not crunchy. Otherwise, it's just too hard to eat the salad. Too crunchy? Never yeah, heard if, that as a... I really don't like crunchy carrots in my salad it just it's just when you eat a big salad it takes forever to eat it and mm. if you add little little you know carrot quarters on there it uh it just takes forever so shred okay. the carrots that's what i like to do if i'm going to use carrots at all mm-hmm. um and then if if you want some sort of thing to make that seem more like a meal if beans and a salad doesn't seem like enough for you uh you know whole grain roll or something or brown rice or even whole grain pasta like just some sort of serving of whole grains that works to make it more substantial and more filling um but i don't always need that if you eat a big enough salad and put a lot of beans on there then you can be good and i feel like if i can get through the morning and you know past noon having eaten basically raw food plus some beans then that's that's a really good start to the day and then i feel like with dinner i can kind of do you know, whatever, whatever we're going to do for dinner, whether it's going out or getting takeout, which it usually isn't, usually we're making something. But I just feel like if I get that kind of start, then I don't know, I can kind of, I can kind of relax and just do do what I want. But anyway, I'll get to that in a bit. 
Yeah. So so you're saying greens, beans, and then the only vegetables I heard you say were carrots and uh, and shredded cabbage. Shredded cabbage. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. No, no, like not usually. I don't. I wouldn't get into like. I mean, you could put bell peppers or mm-hmm. whatever broccoli pieces. I just don't. I don't like getting into all that. That that to me gets to be too much of a thing. And you can chop it all ahead of time, of course. And mm-hmm. we do that sometimes. Every now and then on Sunday, we'll get it and we'll lay it all out in a nice baking dish and just keep that thing in the fridge and just keep taking from it. Uh, but I don't know. Not not usually. Just try to get as many leafy greens as I can, and then one or two other vegetables that make this out a little more interesting. I like it. That is pretty easy. That is a very easy salad, I would say. Yeah, scallions are a good one. Green onions. I will. I will often chop one of those up and sprinkle that on. Mm-hmm. Because onion, any, onion, another any one nuts really or good seeds or anything? Just in the dressing, the nut-based mm-hmm. dressing. So it's either if usually it's tahini, which is sesame seeds, not right. sunflower seeds, as we once erroneously <laughs> said on this podcast, and then twenty-five people emailed us about it. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> or cashews. Those are the typical nuts that I use in mm-hmm. my dressings. Cool. Yes. What about you? I'm a. I'm a. I have a. This is where we differ probably the most out of all of our meals here, and uh, I'm very much a big fan of just eating leftovers from the night before for lunch. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of that as well. We just don't have them anymore because the kids now eat eat big <laughs> too much, food. and we just never adjusted. For some, just never got into making the double sized batches of recipes. Very rarely do we do that. Interesting, but uh, um, yeah, totally. I like. I mean, as far as saving time, that's the way to do it. Yeah, uh, you know we we just we we double everything we need for dinner uh set some aside for eliza and then you know a little bit for us too and and we just have uh leftovers for lunch so basically every day you know with the exception of when we go out to dinner or something like that in which case i will put together a salad or a sandwich or something Mm -hmm. um it's just straight up leftovers yeah good well i i should add that as i said the salad for me is kind of the ideal and it's sort of the plan that i'm hoping to do but very often if there do happen to be leftovers for whatever reason um then i will eat them and may have a salad later at dinner time may miss it entirely may have it with lunch but uh yeah they're they're definitely a good food hey one thing i forgot to mention you reminded me of this doug when you mentioned making a sandwich um i recently have gotten into buying the vegan lunch meat things really yeah and if you look at the brands they're not awful for you the ones that are based mainly on tofu um I am pretty much okay with. I don't really like the ones that uh, I, mean, I definitely don't like. I don't buy the ones that that are have processed soy as like the first ingredient. Again, not that soy is a problem, but I don't like the processed soy. Um, so a lot of them, though, I think it is Tofurky brand is usually based on tofu and some wheat gluten, which is not you know not great. But uh, three or four slices of that on a sandwich, and then with just a ton of different vegetables on there like tomato and lettuce and whatever you want. Um, I, it's just really good. It just, it just <laughs> reminds me of eating sandwiches like I used to really like and mm-hmm. uh, kind of forgot about eating sandwiches for the first, you know, five or six years that I was vegan because vegan sandwiches just just aren't – if you're going to make a really good one, you got to put a lot of effort into it. So That's yeah, true. That's very true. Yeah. So this sort of is a nice little treat now and then. Again, we've talked about the vegan meats, and I don't think they're a good thing. Yeah, I was going to um, say last week you went on a little I did. crusade to – Say that any went, of that stuff I went is on junk a food. Diatribe, and I looked looked that word up, and it was exactly the right word. Diatribe is hey. sort of a, a negative rant, uh, which is which is what I was on. <laughs> Doug's diatribe could be that'd be good. Could be a good segment. Be a great though, segment. <laughs> we have that. We have that. It's downward facing Doug. Yeah, I know. <laughs> turned into turned into Doug's complaining about companies, companies. that wronged him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so 
Okay. Anyway, well, how... so yeah, so that's not that again, not not a food you should eat every day and say this is my typical lunch because if you're going to be designing an everyday thing, make it make it the best possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but just now and then, it's just it's just really nice to be able to eat a, eat a good sandwich like that. And I don't think it's nearly as bad as something that is made out of 100% wheat gluten um, or whatever those other things are with all those grease in them. Yeah. What um what are, are you a bologna or a ham or like turkey? What kind of? I usually get the turkey because that is what tofurkey mainly has that i've seen there's roasted and smoked turkey i don't know if they make a ham one i did get a ham one recently from whole foods and uh it just it was too much like real ham which is i i never thought i would think that was a problem but it really was sort of gross i don't know what i just didn't like it hmm. so not done that anymore all right there you go so there you go that is lunch um, if i'm doing a sandwich it's usually uh like hummus base and then there's a bunch of veggies on top and greens yeah, like. and that's not that's a good sandwich. Just mm-hmm. you know, is what it is. Right. It's a you know it's not something I love. Right. I don't love those sandwiches. Yeah, but they, that's sort of like a salad on a on a sandwich. Yeah, I mean, which is okay, and that's not yeah. not a bad thing. But mm-hmm. anyway, all right. So you mentioned afternoon snacks. Um, I don't you know I don't typically do a lot of afternoon snacking either. But if I if I do, it's going to be like uh, hummus with vegetables. That would be a typical afternoon snack thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I mentioned cabbage before. I am a big fan of cabbage. I just super into purple cabbage, red cabbage, uh, cooking it, but also using it raw as like a veggie dipper. That is another cruciferous vegetable, of course. And uh, cruciferous is definitely something to focus on each day. Get get in some form of cruciferous vegetables, ideally raw if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that and hummus is a great one for me because remember hummus is beans, hummus is tahini, so nuts, seeds are in there, um, and beans, and that's pretty good. The, we, Especially we do if you can get an oil for your hummus. Exactly. What I was going to say, there's a company called Roots that makes hummus. In, they're local to Asheville, but their hummus is all over the country by now. Um, and they do a – the blue one they have is is oil-free hummus. So we hmm. usually buy that. Or you can make your own. Also easy. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And there's a recipe. There's a couple of recipes in the Nomi Athlete cookbooks and uh, on the website, I believe. There you go. Yeah. How about you, Doug? What about your afternoon snack? I snacking is is a weakness of mine. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before. Have. I'm sure you have witnessed it um, <laughs> firsthand. I don't know if I witnessed it. Well, I guess if we if you come over, we make some guacamole or something. Yeah, I I'm a snacker. I just uh, especially in the afternoon. I you know for something like so I go on a on a late morning run. It's kind of my typical time, mm-hmm. right before lunch, um, and. You know, have a decent sized lunch, but then a couple hours later, I just start getting hungry and antsy. You know, I think it's partly a mental thing. It's partly, I don't know, maybe it's I need the calories. I'm not sure, but um, I'm a snacker, so I I always start with fruit and sometimes not. So I usually have like an apple uh, or a banana. Sometimes I'll do apple with so like a little bit of peanut butter, or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and and a handful of nuts. That's kind of my. I can't. I can't have any or other snack, any junk food snack before I. Before I think I that's have that. that's a very good rule. And I mentioned the fruitarian crowd earlier. Uh, of course, they eat only fruit for the most part. But one of their rules for like if you if you're gonna do something which would be considered cheating, um, even if that's just eating a bunch of avocados because that fat just tastes so good when you're not getting any of it or very little of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they say fruit first. If you're gonna do it, just eat the fruit first, and then you may find you don't want the snack. Sounds like most times you you still do want that snack. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a good, great idea. Get the healthy food first, and then you'll want less of this, the unhealthy one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. And sometimes I don't even need it. You know, after I have that, then uh, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if uh, by the time, like, pre-dinner rolls around, so I usually have that around, I don't know, t- 3 o'clock probably, during okay. the, like, afternoon kind of slump, mm-hmm. you know, people get into. Uh, so around 3 o'clock I usually have that. And if I'm still hungry before dinner, then um, what, I, unfortunately, what I kind of default to is hummus and, and some sort of chip or cracker sometimes sometimes carrots okay but it's just kind of it's it's hummus almost always hummus but then oftentimes a processed kind of chip or cracker what what are your favorites what's in doug's snack cabinet what are your uh what are your favorite little i don't know i'm, I'm a little embarrassed are they like healthy brands or like fritos <laughs> no not like fritos okay but usually it's usually like corn chips or something like that there's of course pretty good i mean pretty tasty they are very tasty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I get it. They are, they are good, but um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I just uh, that's that's a week, and that's like uh, you know, if I was if I was designing the perfect day, it would not include that. You know, it might be like if I, if I was, I would maybe hummus and and veggies or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. you know, but I just I love the saltiness. I'm a salty snacker. Yeah, I get that. I like I like my salt too. For sure, and I, I think I don't know. It, it. I think it is not coincidental that after a run, uh, a few hours later, you were really wanting that sort of stuff. I just think that's. I get the same way. You, you, you do hard exercise, and then you want. At least I want those salty, fatty kind of foods. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Matt. Before we get into dinner, let's pause for a second to thank our sponsor. Okay. <laughs> This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive produces audio-based workouts created by certified personal trainers available through a mobile app. Aptive makes the highest quality training available to everyone with a carefully selected group of certified personal trainers that guide you through every workout. The trainers have a wide array of personalities and offer a variety of classes and levels from just starting out to advanced to keep you engaged with your program over time. There are even over 30 classes added to the app each week. Now, we've mentioned before that I've used Aptive for strength workouts a few times, but recently I've been testing out the running workouts as well, which is pretty cool. If you're in a funk with your plan and need to mix things up, just throw in the app. They have a variety of speed workouts and interval runs, treadmill workouts, and even race-specific workouts for 5Ks all the way up to the marathon. It can be pretty fun to have a coach in your ear telling you exactly when to push and when to pull back. Subscriptions start at $14.99 billed monthly or $99.99 for an annual membership. For a limited time, new members get 30% off an annual membership, which is just $69.99 for the whole year of unlimited workouts. Visit aptive.com slash no meat. That's A-A-P-T-I-V dot com slash no meat. All right, good. And then dinner time. Dinner. So you started with jazz hour, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, jazz matter. hour. Exactly. We have fallen out of the habit of jazz yeah. hour. Although, exactly. you know, we did it the other night, actually. It was, it was beautiful, yeah. Um, Good for you. Yeah, jazz hour, jazz hour got replaced with dinner time and pre-dinner, you know, Eliza's dinner time and bath time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, oh, the easy days of jazz hours. If only someone could have predicted that jazz hour would come crashing down with a baby. <laughs> I know. Then maybe I wouldn't have had... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, um, yeah, no dinner. So dinner is, is we like to keep it pretty simple. Um, and I don't think this is boring. I used to think it was boring that we kept it so simple, but 
Um, I don't, I, don't, I no longer feel that way. So we, we basically, our approach is to start with uh, the vegetables. Mm-hmm. At least this is our current approach. We've gone through the sauce system, which I've written about on. I mean, I think we've gone through kind of several different phases of, of cooking dinner. We have recipes, cookbooks, that kind of thing. But right now it's just we start with whatever we have vegetable-wise, whatever looks the best at the moment, and um, and then kind of decide what that would make a good meal into. So I'm a huge fan of broccoli, Rob, right now. Like that's like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I'm just craving it all the time. <laughs> and I love that on top of some pasta or in a stir-fry. So we'll look at that and kind of see what else we have and, um, and then decide if we want to go the stir-fry route, which is pretty standard, and then kind of mix it up with different sauces uh, or a burrito route, that type of thing, or pasta with either a red sauce or, or no sauce and just kind of you know toss it with a little bit of oil and a bunch of veggies and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I like that. So that starting with the vegetable um, is reminds me of, of the strategy, the overwhelm. The strategy to deal with overwhelm or combat overwhelm is when you when you don't know what to make for dinner and you ha- and you can choose from fifty cookbooks or however many cookbooks you have, you know it's kind of you don't know where to begin and it just feels like this huge thing to plan a meal. Uh, but if you just start with a vegetable, whether it's one that you have in the fridge already and you need to use up, um, or if it's one that's in season or one that you like you said you're just kind of into one right now. Think about that, and then think about what recipes you've had before that involve that food. And that just mm-hmm. immediately narrows down the choices. Uh, or just go look up that ingredient in the index of your favorite cookbook, and uh, you know, you'll know you find a couple recipes, probably some you haven't tried. And I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's very good to, to limit the choices by just thinking about what you'd like to start with, and then, then it's not quite as overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes you'll look at you know, a couple of different vegetables that you have, and you're like, well, that would make a delicious taco. Or that would go really well with, um, you know, with us in a stir fry, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you just kind of get you just kind of go from there. So you know, so basically, you start with vegetables. Always add in some sort of bean, or sometimes a tofu or a tempeh, mm-hmm. um, and then rice or pasta, and um, you know, and then a little bit of sauce or something to kind of flavor it up. Yeah, there you go. So do you you mostly then cook? It sounds like not following recipes, just sort of doing your own thing i would say at the most once a week we follow a recipe oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's good that's very different from us we we follow recipes almost all the time um but they're familiar recipes that we've gotten to the point of you know changing them to suit our taste or try to get healthy mm-hmm. food in there or whatever um but almost never do we do the like i'm just gonna throw things together and then you know see how it turns out and make up a sauce to put on it because i mean that's hard to do uh but I don't know. We just, we just, I just tend to like cooking recipes. I feel like dinner time is if I have a, have a new cookbook that I'm into, as I do now, that one I mentioned last week, uh, Vegan for Everyone from America's Test Kitchen. Uh, I just, I just look forward to that bit of uh, surprise, basically, of of creating something and then not knowing how it's going to turn out, and then you know, it's not always great, but sometimes it is, and mm-hmm. I just like that bit of variety at the end of the day. Uh, but that's kind of that is actually sort of a rare thing, I guess. It's it depends on me having a cookbook that I'm into. Uh, mm. Once I kind of get through one and I'm, I'm over it and we've had each of the recipes that I like in there a few times, uh, then we kind of just resort back to this growing collection of staples and that's, you know, from this habit of going through cookbooks and, you know, cooking only out of that cookbook for a couple weeks, uh, we find the one or two that, like, are worth making a couple months later that we that were so good or so convenient or so cheap or so easy to run into the store and get or whatever – 
mm-hmm. or so eaten by the kids. That's also a big one. Um, that that we remember it, and then we kind of add it to this this big pile of recipes that we will pull from. Uh, it doesn't really exist anywhere in the list form, just in our heads. Uh, but typically, those those meals take the shape of uh, what I like to call a grain, a green, and a bean, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. Except grain, green, bean kind of sounds boring. It sounds like it is just it just sounds like what what you described, Doug. You just throw these things <laughs> into a pot and then do what you can to put some sort of sauce on them to make them good. Um, and that is totally fine, and it's probably the healthier way to do this, honestly, um, and the one that has less cleanup. But uh, there are also lots of other forms of green, green, and bean. You mentioned tacos, Doug. That's one that usually, in a vegan world at least, takes the form of grain being the the tortilla for the taco, um, and then the bean and greens, or beans and cabbage maybe, um, being the filling. Uh, soups and stews very often look are actually green green bean there's a chickpea one chickpea pasta soup in my first book that's a good example that i often give uh has some kale that is stirred in the last 10 minutes into the simmering pot so you get beans pasta and greens in the stew um and there are so many other meals that that just you wouldn't realize when you first think about it that that is a grain green and bean but it is uh so usually i'm trying to get those things in the dinner the beans just because that's sort of what adds a lot of substance to the meal uh, whole grains because I don't otherwise get that many whole grains throughout the day, and I do think they're important. And then the greens, of course, are just always good. We just don't eat enough greens as a culture, uh, even mm-hmm. those of us who are pretty good at it. So um, just always want to get greens in there. So that's I think those are the three things. I don't really consciously like go through a book and say, okay, where's the grain, green, and beans here? Um, right. But the ones that we, end, as I said, we kind of end up remembering the ones that we really liked because they just kind of met all the criteria. Uh those will often tend not tend to be that that format because that just tends to be what I'd like. So yeah. that is my um, very typical dinner. As I said, sometimes there are leftovers, and if there are, then I'll eat those the next day. If by the chance I didn't eat a salad around lunchtime, uh, I will make an effort to try to get that in at dinner time. Uh, we mentioned on this podcast many times the idea of making the salad first and giving it to mm-hmm. people, even to yourself, uh, while you're cooking the other food, and that uh, that increases the chances that the salad will actually be eaten because people are hungry and they're smelling good food and it makes them want to eat whatever's in front of them, even when it's salad. So that is uh, how I do that. And I didn't I, mention onions and garlic, by the way, Doug. Those uh, those are other foods that are really worth working into your diet every day. Thankfully, they show up in just about every meal that we make kind of as one of the first steps is is cooking the onions and garlic as sort of a base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot to mention salads, um, and that's a big one I should have mentioned. We, we have a salad with dinner basically every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, I'm excited to say we've had, for the last, like, two weeks, we've had enough uh, salad greens coming out of our garden and we're able to use that. Wow. Very nice. Which is, uh, which is awesome. But, um, yeah, so that's where, we, that's where I get my salads. Is I don't have it at lunch, um, and I don't make a leftover one for lunch, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we have a salad basically every night for dinner, or, at, you know, at the beginning of dinner. Right. Good. Very good um, habit to be in. And for ours, it's, it's, because it's not the main course, it's very, very simple. It's just greens and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of something that we've already chopped up for, um, for the dinner, some, some sort of vegetable, mm-hmm. and then a little bit of a, a dressing. Gotcha. Um, but uh, I do have a question about your recipes. Um, okay. One, you know, one, the reason why probably I don't do a lot of recipes is because I hate Finding a great recipe and being like, oh, this is going to be so good, and then realizing I'm missing one of the key ingredients or something mm-hmm. like that. Do you? How often do you guys go to the grocery store? 
I would say we go to the grocery store about twice a week. But okay. I'm not the one who typically does it. Erin uh, drives the kids to school or whatever they're doing, and then she goes to the store. So I think there are a lot of days maybe that I don't realize that she runs and picks something up that we might need for that dinner. So mm-hmm. so is there planning? Like, when do you decide what recipe you're going to have for It for really the, depends. That night? It, I mean, we go through stretches where we are pretty good about doing it on the weekend, and we make a big trip, and we get, you know, four to five different meals at once um i don't know for me when i actually get excited about cooking which is fairly often uh for whatever reason i i kind of enjoy i know it's a waste of time but uh i kind of enjoy that routine of like you know wrapping up work and then just opening up a book and saying what do i want tonight and Mm -hmm. then you know it's it's partly the selection is based partly on what i know we have uh and i'm fine with improvising if we're missing some like if we're missing fresh herbs i'll certainly use dried herbs um or rebel I know, totally. But a lot of people <laughs> won't do that. A lot of people are, are mm-hmm. very, very afraid to mess with the recipe. And, and I think that just comes, I think the confidence in to do that just comes from making more recipes and realizing that, like, it, it really doesn't make that big a difference. I can tell you as a cookbook author that, like, the choices you make to put in the cookbook when you say a tablespoon of this or, you know, a quarter cup of this, like, it just, it's kind of just a guess, right? I mean, you, of course, it, you end up testing it and making sure that that works. But that doesn't mean that that uh, a tablespoon and a half wouldn't also work, right? It's right. just like you can mess with stuff, and it's all dependent on on what you know what your particular taste is, and it might be different from the person reading the book and using the book's taste. So, um, just I don't know. I think that I wish people could get over that, uh, and if, and that's one way to save a whole lot of time when you're cooking is to look like just take the time to look at what a, a teaspoon of uh, spice looks like in your hand uh, or a tablespoon. And then start doing that instead of instead of mm-hmm. measuring it out all the time because it just you don't need to be that exact and you will waste so much time uh, trying to be that exact. I know baking is one where people say it, it's much better to be very precise, uh, but man, for the most part, you you really can just kind of wing things and you're going to be all right. So um, anyway, I will end up very often needing to get a few things or needing just finding a recipe that looks really exciting that we have none of the ingredients for, uh, and I'll run out and get it, but. It just, it really depends. We don't, we don't have any sort of rhythm with that. Yeah. <laughs> just do whatever. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that that's kind of our, our problem with recipes. And, and, and normally when we do do a recipe, it's right soon after we have gone to the grocery store when we have planned mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, sometimes Katie will be adventurous and pull out a cookbook, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. There you go. So what about dessert, Doug? You have a big dessert household? No, not really. No, I would have thought you were a dessert guy. I think we said this before. I thought you were sort of a pie pie man or something. Pie, I don't know. I why. do love pie. I, That's I right, really. Me too. I've heard I this love, before. I love pies, but no, no. I, typically, no. I don't. Not 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 on a standard night. Right. We don't either. Some, we, well, my kids they really want ice cream, and, and now and then we give them that. Maybe once a week they'll get ice cream from mm-hmm. you know we'll buy it at Trader Joe's or whatever, whatever soy or coconut ice cream they have. Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't like that though. I just, am, I do not have a sweet tooth. The now and then I like a good, nice baked good, especially if my wife makes it. I just, I just like it better then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just not, I'm not into the sweet stuff. I, I typically have a beer or a glass of wine, uh, sometimes two glasses of wine with dinner. And sometimes that extends sort of into after dinner. I actually don't always like to waste my drink on dinner, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. I feel like yeah, I'm eating. totally. Yeah, like if I'm having dinner, a lot of people think, well, you should, of course, if you're going to have alcohol, pair it with your dinner. Um, and there may be reasons to do that. Like it, apparently red wine does help in some ways with digestion and absorption of nutrients. Um, 
but I just feel like you're kind of putting in a lot of... We talked about this with dark chocolate last time, didn't we? Is that it's too good and too flavorful to be mixed into s'mores and cookies. Right. Uh, it's just, it just kind of dominates everything. So I feel like if you have all these different flavors, like sure, you can try to pair your food with your wine. Um, but I, I kind of enjoy that as like a dessert sort of feeling. That I, of I agree hundred percent. That's, that's my approach too. I usually pour it, uh, with dinner, mm-hmm. but we'll drink mostly water at dinner and then kind of sip ah. on my drink afterwards. There you go. Um, but recently, by recently, I mean the last like two weeks mm-hmm. I've been, uh, eating some grapes as like a evening snack if oh, i'm yeah? still hungry yeah there you go there's something refreshing about a cold grape mm-hmm. i used to love frozen grapes as a kid did you ever do that no but i know people who do Mm-hmm. i used I to love that as a kid actually yeah um and uh and this kind of throwback to that <laughs> you chew them while they're frozen or do you like suck on them until they're warm and mushy you like maybe maybe like suck on them for i don't know 15 seconds until they're uh-huh. soft enough and then you bite into it and it's like, uh, okay yeah, it's, it's really pretty good yeah. i mean all the sugars like kind of come out right i don't know i'm sure it's not uh not the best thing to have right before bed but uh it's nice certainly yeah. healthier than That's, yeah i wouldn't ben I, don't, Jerry's I don't worry that much vegan ice cream. bedtime thing i mean maybe if you're, maybe if you're trying to lose weight then perhaps you shouldn't do it i don't even know if that's true but uh yeah totally good and now you get all the benefits of red wine without the alcohol and that's a good thing <laughs> there you go. It is. I mean, people people often, you know, make an excuse to drink red wine by citing the health benefits. And really, the, I mean, there might be a few, but there are not a lot. Um, and, and they are hard to identify. And the, Gregor has done a really nice job of looking at data and, you know, just as he does, um, kind of demonstrating like the a lot of the benefits that we ascribe to alcohol, they tend to be illusions or studies that are badly designed. Uh, and we, I think I've mentioned this, all, lots of lots of past podcast references, Doug, that I guess we're digging up today. Um, but I was really excited a few years ago when I saw the studies that had been around for years uh, that showed that people who drank one, two, three, even up to like six a day, which was shocking, uh, drinks ha- had longer life expectancies than those mm. who, who drank zero drinks. And that was thought to be evidence that, yes, there is something to the benefits of alcohol, whether it's the the social side of it that, you know, often accompanies drinking, just talking to friends and family, uh, or the relaxation side of it, uh, or maybe even something different like the resveratrol and red wine. Uh, but it turned out that once you, you really designed a study correctly and excluded all the people who stop drinking because they are really, really sick and they have to stop drinking, uh, then suddenly that, that effect disappears. That, because <laughs> it, what, the whole reason the people who weren't drinking any alcohol were appearing to or were dying earlier, uh, it was just that lumped in. There was tons of people who were really, really sick, and that's how they got into the zero alcohol group. <laughs> so uh, kind of disappointing to learn that, but uh, I'm glad to have learned that. So yeah. anyway, I, I just think um, lots of people will say, well, red wine has all this stuff, but honestly, grapes are going to be better. <laughs> they just are. They, <laughs> they give you all the stuff that you might want out of wine and without the alcohol. Not but if I eat the grapes and drink the wine, then I'm doing double. Then you're getting right? you're getting double antioxidants and resveratrol. Superpowers to the max. Yes, none of that is to pretend that I don't like red wine or any wine. I I totally do love it, but uh, it's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Yes, and uh, Dwug, we didn't. I call you Dwug there. <laughs> we didn't. Uh, we didn't get into any sort of sports or workout nutrition, which could be an entirely different episode. Um, yeah. But do you have any sort of 
ritual you do? Because I know the run is, you know, often most times of the year is part of your daily routine. Yep. Uh, do you do anything special around that? Does that change how you are eating certain meals? Or do you actually, do you do any food that is just for during, after the run? Yeah, well, uh, you know, so when I'm training for something, which I'm not right now, which is why I'm kind of going on these more casual mid-morning runs, but when I'm training for something and, and need to get in my mileage, then I, it's usually a morning, like first thing right when I wake up. So for that, it's just uh, I usually just drink some water every once in a while. If it's a longer run, I'll, I'll have a banana or something as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually just water before the run. And then I'm oftentimes really hungry after the run because um, at that point I haven't had anything throughout the night and then go on the run and I get home. And so I'll, uh, I'll eat my oatmeal or have a smoothie ready uh, for right after the run. Mm. Gotcha. Um, so that that's the kind of the one big change. If I'm if I'm running in the middle of the day, um, or even in the evening, then I'm not really changing very much unless it's a unless it's a long run. And of course, long run nutrition's a bit different. We probably should say that for another episode. But yeah, I would say um, so. Yeah, but like as for you know, like a an hour or something, you know, in the middle of the day, or even in the morning, I'm not, I'm not changing too much. Uh, just trying to time my meals appropriately. Yeah, that's that's more or less what I have done when I'm training for something. It, it's kind of more just doing the run at a time that makes it so you don't need to adjust your whole diet that much. Mm-hmm. And that's why I often do the afternoon run as well. Uh, so that an hour after I'm back, it's time to make and eat dinner. And so right. I can just have a little bit of fruit or something right at the end and then, uh, and then have dinner an hour later. So, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I try not to overthink that. Um, I don't know. I used to, when I was trying to qualify for Boston, I was so much more focused on, getting exactly the right things after workouts and probably rightfully so uh it probably does make a a small difference in performance compared to doing something that is pretty good but not exactly right uh, or exactly ideal and who knows what ideal even is i mean you can follow lots of guidelines but who knows what's going to work best for you um but you know that used to be a, a big priority for me was do everything possible to recover exactly the best i could and that was that was a higher priority i didn't have kids so it did, you know didn't have anything else to do uh <laughs> But as I've gotten older and, and just running has have, had a different role for me, um, you know, you still try to do the right thing, but, but just with way less focus and effort and energy going into it. And uh, partly that's from just getting getting more used to it and realizing that maybe it doesn't matter all that much that you do exactly the right thing. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've found that for me, it's just one more thing to worry about and stress about. And uh, I just want to simplify it, you know. But, you know, of course, when I'm in the, heat of training just really into it then um i'll I'll pay a little bit more attention yeah and and often that comes without much effort because you want to you're excited about what you're doing and you want to make sure you get the most out of those workouts but yeah i think so many people just have this sense that like that that's kind of an interview question that is always asked uh you know what do you eat before you work out as if there's going to be some magic secret and we've talked about how much we don't like these little magic secrets but um and people just i think i think they overthink that they assume that because you're working out you must be taking in calories around that workout uh, and that itself is a myth. And for most people, you know, for most workouts that most people do, you don't need any food around it. Uh, mm-hmm. Granted, I mean, long runs very different from that, uh, or long, long other workouts. But, but I don't know. I think I think a lot of people who are who are on a nice weight loss track or start to experience the benefits of eating healthily, and they finally can work out uh, because they are, you know, feeling energetic and maybe they've lost some weight. Uh, they immediately think they have to eat, and then that that sort of maybe maybe goes back in the wrong direction with, with their right. good results yeah. because they start eating all this food around workouts thinking they have to but you really it's 
it's not that complicated uh, at the level most people try to do it. Like, as I said, pros, elite athletes definitely should should look very carefully at what they're eating because maybe the 1% difference, you know, makes the difference in their career and everything else. But not for guys like me and you. No. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, um, anything else, though, before we wrap this one up? I think we should uh, address the uh, the video that, uh, that announcement we had last week. Yes, with all the progress we've made on it. With all the progress we made, I think so. The plan right now, which uh, it's still pending that we get everything set up and functioning properly, is that we're gonna test out the first video version of a podcast uh, next week. Yes. So you can possibly look for it then. We will have an update on that for sure. But uh, you know. This wasn't just an empty promise. This is something we're working on. We are working on it. Yes. Yep. Slow progress right now, but uh, that's how some things are at the beginning. We're at, we're at that hump. We got to just go ahead and buy a bunch of equipment, and I don't know. That's just a little bit of resistance around that. But sure. Of course. Anyway, yes, that is the plan. So a week from now, we will have a we'll plan to have a video episode uh, go live. It'll still be a regular podcast episode. It'll just we'll have a basically a video feed of it on YouTube. You'll get um, to look at our pretty faces. There you go. Exactly. And our and our haircuts, because we always get haircuts around podcast, <laughs> yeah, we do. podcast days. So. <laughs> we sure do. Uh, yeah, I actually haven't had a fancy haircut in a while, dog. I've been I've done it myself the last time. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just didn't. I just couldn't. Maybe it was because I moved in a little bit further now from the place. I just didn't, I just hate going and all that time it takes to go get a haircut. I just it it's does. Just the that's, worst thing. And that's why it's always around when podcast days, because that's when I'm in Nashville. Right. Um, right near it but now i'm with you i just hate, especially I mean, even sitting there while they do it i just i don't know i think that sounds like a spoiled person <laughs> but <laughs> i just, just want it to be done i don't know anyway <laughs> so well good for you <laughs> yeah all right just doing it yourself i like it yes all right okay that's that um good glad we got the official start of season three no Me athlete radio in the books and uh, look forward to doing more. I think we need a new theme song for season three. It's a good idea. We could, we could make a whole new theme song. Yeah. Send them in if you got them. Anybody. If you got a song, send it in. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, don't do that. We did that before. It was it was not good. Yeah. Yeah. Don't send it. But... <laughs> don't send it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we will talk to everyone later. Matt, it was a pleasure as always, and thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.